0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you're not familiar with David Perret of the personal finance and real estate investing blog, From Military to Millionaire, you don't want to miss this episode. David joins our show to talk about his journey as an active duty Marine who has almost replaced his military pay with passive income. He shares how he got started with investing, how he started his business, and advice for other service members and veterans who would like to start their own business as well. David offers so much great advice about personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investment. You can find more resources from David by visiting him online at FromMilitaryToMillionaire.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or ideas for a future show, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, David. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So I reached out to you on LinkedIn. Um, You were suggested to me by one of our senior vice presidents. We're always looking at different people we can get on the podcast that can share resources that are not really within, you know, Orion's expertise. And um, when I looked at your website and all the cool things you have to offer, I was like thinking there's no way he's going to agree to be on our podcast, but lo and behold, you did. So I'm really excited to have you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I Yeah, I, I don't know that I ever really say no to any opportunity. As long as I can fit it in a schedule, I try to make it work.
0: Well, very good. So, um, you know, before we jump into everything we are going to cover today, can you just go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and, you know, maybe just talk a little bit about your education and your military background and things like that?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, well, as you said, David Perret. I am an active duty Marine, have been for, well, uh, three weeks will be 12 years. And I, so I joined in 2008 and I've spent, you know, decent, uh, I guess most of my or all of my adult life traveling the world, doing the whole Marine Corps thing from, uh, you know, various countries. I'm a logistics guy by trade. And uh, in 2015, someone handed me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it kind of sparked yeah, you know, really just sparked something in my head that, oh, hey, this whole real estate thing sounds cool. And I read a couple of books and bought a house. Uh, I bought a, my first property was a duplex. So I lived in one half and rented the other half. And it's since been dubbed house hacking, which is kind of a popular trendy thing to do these days, but a really good way to start with real estate investing. And since then, oh, I don't know. I think I bought and sold like 55 units since then. We currently have 15 rentals in our solo portfolio, and I'm a partner on a one big apartment syndication, I think 146 units, but I have a small ownership percentage, not much. Um, Yeah, and then about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started blogging about what I was doing, just documenting, and From Military to Millionaire was born, and then the community grew, and then it just kept growing, and here we are.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So you're currently an active duty Marine, I mean, how do you find time to do all this? It seems like, you know, you've got a full-time job and obviously a side hustle is something that so many people are um, wanting to get into these days because it's always beneficial, of course, to have more than one stream of income. But you have to be very busy trying to juggle your day-to-day job and then this as well.
1: Yeah, just you, you might say that. Today, so I'm actually on leave today and my fam- my, my family's coming into town uh, tomorrow and ironically, I posted yesterday, but uh, like my schedule today, this is the fourth, it's 10 in the morning and this is the fourth podcast I've recorded. So oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, I recorded two for my show at 4.30 and 5.30 this morning. Then I recorded one at eight, this one, and then I've got three other investor calls at a dinner today and somewhere in there, I'll find time to film two or three videos. So I guess the answer is, uh, I just don't sleep. No, I mm-hmm. I just do a good job of trying to schedule, like if I I knew that I had today off, so I scheduled as much stuff as I possibly could for today, so that just what I've done today will put me out two weeks ahead on podcasts and videos and stuff. And then, you know, then I got two weeks to find another day that I can slam full of stuff. And I just try to make sure I'm always a month ahead. And if I Mm -hmm. stay a month ahead, then it doesn't matter if I miss a week. So two and a half years in, I haven't missed a single uh, blog post or podcast launch date, which is... Uh, incredible. Actually, I'm kind of,
0: it really is. So you mentioned that you were kind of inspired by the book, rich dad, poor dad. And then, you know, you, you started from military to millionaire and the community has just taken off. But when you first started it, what were you kind of hoping to accomplish? Was it something to just a hobby for you to kind of tell your story of what you were doing? Or did you have the goal of creating this community from the beginning?
1: No, absolutely not. It was just a way to document what I was doing because really, so I guess really the way it started is I, when I was deployed, I am probably the only youngster in the Marine Corps who's ever thought to do this. It's not a very Marine thing to do, but I kept a journal and a mission log from everything while we were deployed. And so I thought for a while, I'd thought, man, it'd be cool to just kind of mix those and write a book. That's like what a normal dude went through in Afghanistan, as opposed to like You know, there's a bunch of books about like seals and the guy who killed bin Laden and all those Mm -hmm. cool stories. But there's not really any like, this is what a normal dude did in the military, like books. Um, And and so I had thought like, oh, I'll write that. I've got a journal and a mission log so I can see when something happened and and what I was feeling that day. And I can correlate it. And then I realized nobody would listen to me. Like, why would anybody read a book? No one knows who I am. So I, I was talking to a friend who's pretty successful. He's like, well, just start a blog you know, then as it grows, you'll have something of a platform. Like, okay, cool. But what would I write about? He's like, well, just write about like real estate, just document. He's like, it doesn't really matter. Just write something like, at least it'll get you better at writing. I mean, that was it. That was literally it. And then it just, I didn't even come up with the name of the platform. Another friend of mine did because the name that I came up with was nobody liked any of them. So (laughs) It's it's a very interesting story of how it started, but yeah. And then it, just slowly started to grow, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh man, this is this is becoming something. And then over time it morphed into, okay, now I, uh, now I'm going somewhere with this. Now there's some opportunities here. Now I can start making a difference. And and then yeah, it's it's I'm excited for what the future is going to have.
0: And had you seen quite a bit of success with you know your real estate endeavors before starting um, from military to millionaire, or were you still sort of in the beginning stages?
1: Oh, I was a total rookie. In fact, when I, well, I guess I owned 13 units by the time I started, but it was only three properties. Mm -hmm. The the 10 unit was a pretty good deal. So I guess I'd seen some success, but I definitely wasn't an expert. I I mean, it all started from the standpoint of me saying like, this is what I learned today, or I want to learn about this. So I'll write about it. That'll make me learn about it. And so it was never framed as a teaching so much as like, this is what I'm learning, learn alongside me. And then Mm -hmm. uh, over time, it just grew from there into, you know, obviously now it's more coaching related or, or education related.
0: Yeah. Well, to that point, you know, if you look at your website, you can see all the cool projects and resources you have on there. So. You know, over the time that you've been, that you've had this business, what would you say has been the most rewarding thing or some of your accomplishments? Are they the real estate projects, like the physical um, projects that you have, or are they some of the other things you've done, like, you know, your webinars and podcasts and things like that?
1: The real estate is very rewarding and it's very cool. But I look at the real estate now as more of a place to. It, I guess like a place to put money, not, not that's a, that's a bad way to word it, but the business is definitely taken a front seat and the most rewarding things have been people along the way. So I guess probably the thing that I'm, one of the things that I'm most proud of is what we call the war room, which is our, it's a, it's a real estate mastermind group for just service members and veterans. And I, I just love it. Like it, it, it sparked from the idea of, I want a place to hang out with people that have the same mindset I do and you know anyone in a w2 job knows that if they start to grow outside their w2 they might still really enjoy the people they hang out with at work but they're not those aren't the people they need to spend meaningful time with to talk about goals and progress they need to find people who are on the same path and so we kind of just sparked this thing as like okay well hey i'd love to hang out with five or six people that have similar goals and just have a reason to jump on a call with them once a week And now we have over 50 members and it's uh, just an incredible group of service members and veterans who are uh, helping each other out. So that's by far my uh, my favorite and I guess proudest thing, just because it's Mm -hmm. like it's just a really cool community of of people that I me and my partner Stu built just to say, hey, we want to hang out with people who are like minded. And it. It's been very, very, very cool, and also extremely rewarding because I'm getting growth out of it, you know, like yeah, sure it's it's a fun platform, but like I'm learning from it, I'm getting challenged from it, I'm getting accountability out of it. so it's that's been the most rewarding thing by far, just because uh, well, real estate is a people business, and what better way to succeed than surrounding yourself with good people?
0: Mm-hmm. And I have to say that, you know, talking to you and knowing that you are a current Marine, like you have a full-time job, it's when you look at the website, you have so much stuff on there, you would never guess that. Like this doesn't seem like something that someone would be doing in addition to a full-time job. There's just so many resources on there. And so my point of that is just, you know, when you started your website and the blog, how do you think that it's your business has kind of evolved over time? Like, did you always have um, the thought process of, you know, you are going to then start offering resources that people could pay for to learn from you? Did you think it would go there or are there any other ways that it's evolved that you're kind of surprised by?
1: Well, for one, this is a perfect time for a mid-roll sponsorship for coffee because I think coffee sponsors my life at this point. (laughs) Um, No, not at all. I I always joke that I grab the tiger by the tail. So I just, I'm kind of one of those... I should have asked if I can swear on this before I start. So if I was to swear, there would be an F word here, but I'm kind of a, a jump out. <laughs> we of try a-
0: to keep it clean, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. okay. So I'm, even if you-
1: <laughs> I'm definitely a, a jump out of an airplane, say, screw it and and build my parachute on the way down guy. <laughs> and uh, well, that is absolutely the reality here because no, I had no idea. In fact, it's funny. The course that I have is like everybody and their mother who knows anything about marketing has that is a friend of mine has told me I need to like triple or quadruple or 10 X the price of that course. But I never built that. That It was never, it was never built to make money. It's just built to help people out. And I just know that uh, when I was giving it away for free, no one would finish it. And I realized if I charge, you know, a measly amount of cash for it, people will actually finish it. So it's kind of funny that uh, the human psychology that if you charge a hundred bucks for something, they'll finish it and get something out of it. But if you give it away for free, they won't finish it they'll never get anything out of it because they had no mm-hmm. skin in the game so so there's a price there for that reason but it wasn't even created with the intent of making any money and it it really probably just barely breaks even um and i think that's been most of what i do 95% i would say at least 90% is just giving away content and that's really been all along just the you know if i can help people out because At the end of the day, I might make some money through a course, but the real money I'm going to make is through relationships, doing deals and partnering with people. And you don't you don't get to that point by scrounging for pennies, doing courses. You get to that point by building relationships and investing in people. And so while none of this was ever a thought process, um, I have sat down and say, "Okay, well, what's next? And I've come up with some stuff. But um, like, shoot, I'm writing a book right now. Is that the editor? And I, I failed English class in high school, so I definitely never thought I was going to write a book, you know. And I didn't even use a ghostwriter. This is me. It's it's got a lot of red pen when it comes back from the editor, but um, it's yeah, it's crazy.
0: You know, one thing that I, that really struck me when I was doing some research for our discussion was just looking at some of your social media channels, and it seems like you have such a great community on there, and it's people that are getting on and asking questions and other people are chiming in and answering so it's not like a page where you're just getting on and posting things there really are people on there interacting and it definitely seems like a community so i think that's i think that's really cool and for most people most veterans especially who are wanting to you know create some sort of business or do something after leaving the military where they can sort of you know be their own boss Social media is so important, and it's something that a lot of us don't really have a grasp on how to grow that community. Do you have any advice for people that are listening on how they can, you know, if, if they are interested in doing something like what you are doing, how they could kind of grow their social media presence?
1: Well, the very first thing that you should do is when you're listening to this right now, you should take your phone and you pick it up, and you're gonna put the video mode on and put it in front of your face, and then you're just going to talk about whatever the first thing that comes to mind is, and you're going to post it. And you're going to do that every day for a few days. Because I think the thing that just screws with a lot of people for content is that they, they think it needs to be this amazing, beautiful, perfect video quality thing before it goes out to the world. And they see that because they see a whole bunch of influencers who have incredible content, but what they don't see is that that influencer doesn't have incredible. He didn't grow because he had incredible content. He got incredible content because he grew enough to where he had to outsource that to someone and pay (laughs) someone to do it. Uh, I mean, if you're in the real estate world, if you look at Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets, if you go to go to the Bigger Pockets YouTube channel, he's gonna hate that I say this. And you go to you sort videos by by date, and you go to the very first video that Brandon ever posted on the Bigger Pockets website, and you'll see exactly what I mean. He's he's a, a shell of what he is now. He's, he's timid. he's He's clean shaven. He's he's nervous. He's it's not well produced. It's not well edited. He's he's not confident in what he's saying. He's he's new. Right, and and you record this video, and you're like, wow, that's Brandon Turner. And then you fast forward, I don't know, six, seven years, and his content online is, I mean, he's he's in better shape, he's more confident, he's more eloquent, he's more articulate, he's very, very, very good at what he's saying, his knowledge, his delivery, everything. But then he's also got an editor, a team, uh, great, you know, cutting, great social media, great whatever. But he's not doing that, and so people see that, and they think, I need to just get. To where i'm really good on camera before i post anything well well, no you just need to start posting stuff because the only way to get better is to practice so now that i'll get off that high horse the the biggest secret to social media is being social people post a bunch of content and then they run instead of interacting with other people's content in their space and that's the biggest way to like for example if you were to if you listen to this podcast and you think that it's amazing and you go follow me on Instagram and you tag me in your story saying wow i just listened to this podcast and dave is so cool or whatever or dave's a jerk or whatever um the odds are that i will click the one it's like a one button tap and i share it to my you know story and now my audience will see your post about what you know about the podcast and so with, I mean, I'm not the biggest Instagram in the world, but I can guarantee you that if you do that, you'll still get 20 or 30 people that come over to your page from my story. And I can see that in analytics. And so Mm -hmm. people like, if like the way that I grew was by being social and just tagging people and stuff I thought was good content. And when they reshare it, I get in front of a little bit of their audience. And so if you're social and you're consistent, you're going to grow. It's, it's like, ultimately there are people in the universe who like you and they'll follow you, whether you think what you did was good or not, they're, they're gonna look up to it. Just don't, mm-hmm. just don't, uh, just don't be the person who frames yourself as the expert if you're the novice, right? People can see through that. Yeah. Right? Frame <laughs> yourself as the person who's trying to learn a new subject, who interviews experts, and you'll take off.
0: And I think that might be where, kind of going back to what you were saying before, is like, you know, people are kind of afraid to get started because they don't want to seem like they don't know everything, but. It is just being humble and realizing I don't know everything, but, you know, I'm getting started. I'm learning. You guys can learn with me along the way and not waiting until everything is perfect and everything's aligned and you have your aesthetic and all this other stuff figured out. Just getting started. But I think people are afraid of that. But talking to you and listening to what you have to say, it kind of I get the impression that um, that was not something that held you back. So that to me makes you a little bit different than most people because I think most people do have that hesitancy and um, you know not wanting to do something wrong. Do you think you struggled with that at all or do you think that you just – it sounds like the way you started it was almost like I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing so maybe you didn't. But I don't know. Do you think you did struggle with that at all?
1: Well, I was fortunate enough to have some people who were successful kind of give me the speech as I was starting. So – I basically, yeah, I just started it off as like, this is Dave. This is what I'm doing. Today I'm analyzing three deals. And, um, but then again, I I started slow. So my first few blog posts, I don't even think were about real estate. I think one of them was about how to use Google to like do super searches instead of just generic searches. And I did like some mindset stuff and, um, like some networking stuff I'd learned from recruiting. And so it mm-hmm. wasn't even it wasn't even on topic. It was just whatever I thought I could write, you know, 700 words about which wasn't even long enough. You know, I should have been writing more more words, but um as it grew, it slowly started to morph more into I got comfortable enough that I would talk about things I I knew, but I mean, I, you can go back and look at my content. It's it's eh. It's the stuff from 2018 is not so great, but it's there, you know, and it's content and it's not the greatest, but it's raw and it's Mm -hmm. authentic. And I think that was it. I think, I think I kind of knew from being a recruiter that like authenticity wins. And so if I'm just myself, people either love it or they'll hate it, but at least I won't have to pretend to be anything I'm not. And there's a pressure for that on social media, for sure, to be something that you're not, or to look like something that you're not, but you know, people see through that. So,
0: yeah, I think that's great advice. So, you know, now that your your business has evolved a little bit, you you have a podcast that you've talked about a little bit. Um, It looks like you've got tons of episodes, lots of really impressive guests. What are some of the topics that you cover there and even some of the notable guests that you've interviewed?
1: Yeah. Episode 100 came out today, actually, which is really cool. Yeah, it was good notable guests um, myself I've been a guest on my show uh, at one point because uh, people wanted to know my story so I brought someone in to interview me <laughs> but no uh, <laughs> so I've had uh, Brandon Turner is probably the most notable so he's the the face behind bigger pockets kind of their their celebrity guy uh, he's a friend he's a good dude he's actually the he's actually the guy who pushed me over the edge to start my blog in the first place and so he's been on the channel. Uh, Bill Allen's another big one. He runs seven figure flipping, and he's another big military real estate investor. I've had uh, Jason Valadeo, who's a successful. He's active duty still, but he's an author and he uh, speaker. Had I'm trying to think. There's a there's been a lot of them. My co-host now, Alex Felice. He's been on a few times, and he's a he's pretty big name. He does a lot of stuff with Bigger Pockets now, and he's fairly well known. Uh, but I, I've done a lot of interviews from the community too. So I've done a lot of bringing someone in who's you know, got four or five houses on active duty or they're still active duty, or you know and and trying to figure out and highlight what's allowing them to be able to do it because as much as I like, I've actually not gone after a lot of quote celebrity big names mm-hmm. because I would rather i mean i'm I'm starting to go after some bigger names now, but I really like interviewing people from the community to show like, hey, look, yeah, I said you could do this. Great. But like, hey, this guy's doing it. Hey, this girl's doing it. Hey, this person's doing it. Like, what's stopping you? Like all these different people have figured out how to buy a house when they went to their next duty station or whatever and and, and figuring out how to make. I want to I just want to help younger service members learn good financial basics and investing habits before it's. Before they go and buy a seventy thousand dollar Mustang at twenty percent interest. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, based on that, if you know, if if the goal is just to educate, are there any particular episodes that would be like a um, you know finances one hundred one or intro to real estate or anything like that that you would recommend for people who are listening to this? That's kind of like a starting point to get introduced to your content and your podcast
1: well I have I think the first place is I have a web uh, page on my website that's just the start here page, and I think that's good. It's got a list of a few different podcasts, but it has a list of articles that are kind of chronological order, uh, you know all, obviously all free content. I think the next thing I would recommend would be for a veteran would be to check out the the playlist on my YouTube channel for VA Loans because I think that's a huge benefit. As far as podcast specific um, Gabriel Hamels is really good. And I'm trying to think, so I stopped putting episode numbers in. So it's hard to know exactly which one's which, (laughs) but uh, you can search for Gabriel Hamill. His is all about how to buy with uh, like seller financing and zero down. Um, So it's creative financing. It'll really open your mind to what's possible. It's one of the most popular episodes. And then I think there's there's one on, uh, man, there's so many to choose from. I think the one uh Adrian Phillips, and it's on getting out of the military, so she talks through a lot of like transition guidance for how to exit the military and not stumble when you get out. I think that's one that every veteran should listen to, and yeah, those are probably two of the bigger ones i mean realistically it, I've basically had every topic you could want in real estate on the show now, and so you know if you're interested in syndication, you can type that in and it'll they're all keyword optimized so if you type it in on the uh platform, they'll pop up. <laughs> So that's probably the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you have 100 on there. So there's tons of good content. And I would encourage anybody listening to this who's even remotely interested in, um, you know, not only real estate, but any type of financial topics. It sounds like the one you were just talking about is general transition advice. So I would think a lot of those podcasts would really be relevant to anybody. Absolutely. So you've got the courses on your website that we've talked about a little bit on real estate investment. Um, For anyone who's interested in learning more about those and potentially wants to enroll, can you give us just some of the key takeaways or things that they'll learn from taking the course without giving, of course, too much proprietary information away?
1: (laughs) I hate that term. (laughs) So it's like, oh, proprietary. What's proprietary? Well, I, (laughs) I said it instead of the other guy. Oh, okay. Um, No, I'm just kidding. So uh, the course is, it's, it's real estate 101. So it's designed to get you from, I think real estate's cool to, I bought my first house and I got it stabilized. Now what? And so it's not designed to make you a millionaire. It's just designed to get you started, which I've found that the getting started is the piece that most people struggle with. And once you get started, all of a sudden it's like magic, you're okay. Like you're, now you're able to make, make some action happen. And, you know, it's like taking that first step is usually what stops people up. So it runs through everything from figuring out, I think the biggest thing that a lot of real estate investors don't talk about is, is, you know, they'll talk, they'll sell you on wholesaling, or they'll sell you on rental homes, they'll sell you on Airbnb, or they'll sell you on flipping houses, they'll sell you on buying apartments, but they won't mention, they'll, they'll skip the step where you need to sit down and, figure out what your goal is, because you could make a million dollars flipping houses. But if your goal is to sit on a beach and drink a martini, that's not a beach drink, but you know what I mean? Mai Tai, there we go. Mai Tai on the beach, then flipping a house doesn't work because you've got to actively be working with people to flip houses for the most part. So you're not going to be able to just relax on a beach. You'd want to do rental properties. But if you want to make a million dollars in your first year, you're not going to do that buying a rental property. You might do that flipping homes if you're insane. So, you know, figuring out your your goals. And so I spend some time working through that, working through how to figure out what your freedom number is, like how, how much it takes, how much money is going to take you to actually be able to live on your cash flow. And then it just walks through, I mean, the basics of finding deals, analyzing deals, building your team, finding a market. Uh, this is not an order by any means, I'm realizing as I say it out loud, but getting financing, uh, closing the deal, operating the deal, how to improve operations, how to uh, and then it kind of goes into some other stuff after that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a broad stroke overview of everything you need to know to buy your first house, your first mm-hmm. rental.
0: So, from military to millionaire, obviously, is a very catchy um, title. So, I know that you said initially that was not the name for it, but someone else came up with it. But if, I mean, it's, I assume that that is something that helps you out a lot because it's something that grabs people's attention. Anyone who, Is in the military, it says, yeah, sure, I want to be a millionaire, especially because we all know that when you get out, a lot of times you take your first civilian job. The pay isn't exactly what you expected that it would be, and so this is something that grabs people's attention when they find out that it's real estate. Are there ever any kind of misconceptions that you hear people like? Just for instance, to throw out a couple, some people might think that um, this isn't a good business opportunity because the market's already saturated or it's too. volatile you never know really what's going to happen with the housing market things like that do you ever hear stuff like that and is there anything that you know you say to people when when they're kind of discussing with you if this would be the right opportunity for them
1: Yeah, I I hear that kind of stuff. So first I kind of target, I mean, real estate's definitely the big part, but I talk real estate, entrepreneurship, personal finance. So like my, my book, for example, is going to have a lot on finances in general. So it's not just real estate. I'm a huge believer that you need to get your financial foundation down first before you even worry about taking on the risk of buying a home. And I think, I think, you know, real estate's absolutely not the only way to get wealthy. So all that out of the way, my, 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 main talking points to those kinds of things would be, you know, you can keep finding reasons why this won't work, or you could shut up and find a reason why it might work. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's all a mentality thing. People people get so wrapped around why something isn't going to work. And then they wonder why the friend who didn't get wrapped around that is successful and they're in the same spot in life. And I think most of the time when I hear those discussions, it's a mindset thing. Like it it may not be the best time to buy real estate right now. It may not be the worst. It may be the best we ever see again. I don't know, you know. But I know that I bought a duplex two months ago, and if I hold it forever, then who cares what I paid for it? Because it'll be paid off and it'll continue to pay me forever. Um, mm-hmm. You know. So it's so obviously you don't want to overpay for stuff. But I'm a very long-term play guy, and I think it, markets cyclical. But as long as you don't lose the property, who cares if my property value went from a hundred thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars tomorrow? yeah, my net worth would show it, but it wouldn't matter. It would still pay me the same amount until those tenants move out. And then once the tenants move out, maybe it pays me a little bit less, but eventually it'll come back around. And when it's paid off, I'm still making, you know, 1200 bucks a month off that property. Mm-hmm. And so I I generally just tell people like, look, if real estate's not your vessel, that's fine. Real estate's a vessel. You got to find the vessel that's right for you, but don't talk yourself out of investing because the the longer you wait to invest The longer you stay in the same situation if not get worse i mean if you think about it if you put money in a savings account you're losing money to inflation so you're better off you know breaking even i mean i don't know about breaking even but you you know it, it doesn't take much to beat what you get by saving money or putting it under a mattress so just takes a little action. And I think it's very easy to beat the market or not beat the market, but beat the savings rate. And so you just got to do something and you're going to learn along Mm -hmm. the way. But if you never do anything, you're never going to learn. You're never going to get off your seat. You're never going to do anything. So, you know, don't play victim.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I like that you said it's not all about real estate. There are it's about personal finance and just other things that people might find that they want to pursue as an entrepreneur. And that's one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on is because even if someone who's listening is not particularly interested in real estate, I think that you obviously are a testament to um, the type of success that you can see if you decide to pursue something outside of what is the norm, which is outside of just, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but outside of someone who transitions out of the military, accepts a job in corporate America, you know, does their regular nine to five job. It's, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. That is just, I think what, people do. That's the norm. That's what's expected in your success story that if you think outside the box and do something that's a little bit different, it really pays off um, tenfold down the road. So I thought it would be great to have you on to talk about that, Um, which kind of leads me to, you know, if someone is and does have an entrepreneurial spirit and maybe they're not interested in real estate for, you know, whatever reason, um, is there anything else that you would recommend to them in terms of um, books, blogs, podcasts, really just anything to kind of explore what it is that could be of interest to them and help them kind of figure that out.
1: Absolutely, I, there's a ton of resources. I think the first thing, especially for a service member that I usually recommend, well, if you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because that's just a good mentality book, but there's a lot of great books out there. I really like 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. I think that's great for service members because, well, really, anyone who's a W-2 employee falls into this trap sometimes of thinking that, you know, well, how can I get to the end of the day and get enough work done to where I don't get fired? As opposed mm-hmm. to thinking, how can I get the most done in this four-hour block? And so a four-hour work week will change your mentality as far as getting stuff done, and it'll help make you more productive, more efficient. And then I think that's a good one. I think the four disciplines of execution is a good one because taking action is huge and i think man there's so many good books um set for life i'll recommend set for life that's more of a finance book for getting your personal finances in order but it's written very well by my friend scott trench and i think those are three good books in general but then i would just say get around other entrepreneurial people right if if you if you don't even know what you're like if you know you want to start a business but you have no idea what it is okay maybe just get around like general business podcasts and guys like uh Pat Flynn, Tim Ferris, you know the Bigger Pockets business business podcast. But if you know what what subject you're interested in, like get in those Facebook groups, listen to those podcasts, start talking to people who are already doing what you want to do, and building relationships with the people who are maybe not 15 years ahead of you. Like don't go don't go try to talk to the Donald Trump of real estate, but find the local guy who's you know been successful and and go talk to that person and try to take them out to lunch or whatever and then you know when you get to their level reach out to the next level and and try to just learn from people who are already doing what you want to do and someone said it on my podcast the other day but it's great advice don't take advice from people who haven't done what you don't what you want to do i think that's great because people are going to try to talk you out of doing what you want to do they're going to talk you out of your dream they're going to give you all these reasons it won't work but if they haven't been where you want to be then why should you listen to them they're not you you wouldn't listen to a high school dropout about trigonometry so why would you you know why would you ask someone who's never bought a house about real estate Mm -hmm.
0: you know one thing i've you know noticed just in the short conversation we've had so far is just i think probably a, a large part of your success is how genuine and relatable you are. And you said that earlier in terms of being yourself on social media and kind of how you built your following, but it's very clear that that's how you come across too. And so that makes people want to engage with you and consume your content because you you really just come off as being someone who is just, you know, you're having conversation, you're willing to share things. And I think that's great. It isn't, it's my impression that people who You know, are as successful as you and have all this, all the things going on that you have going on in your day to day life. And you can still sit down and, you know, talk about it in a way that is so easy to relate to. And so I appreciate you sharing that with us and just being so easy to talk to and sharing all this information. I think people are going to find it incredibly useful.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: Yeah. So in terms of other advice for service members or veterans who want to start their own business, it sounds like you've given us a little bit in terms of, um, you know, being genuine, finding out what you want to do. Is there anything else above and beyond that that you would like to share with people who are interested in pursuing their own business?
1: Yeah, I think the two things that have really helped me out remaining, uh, aside from my advice on uh, that, I always say is learn, network and take action. Just, you know, we've already talked about all that, but uh, YouTube University I think there's a ton of education on YouTube, and so I would say from the moment you hear me say this, you are no longer watching Disney Plus or, or Netflix when you fall asleep. You're watching YouTube about whatever topic you want to be an expert in or how to start a podcast or how to start a, how to start a YouTube channel. Um, not to say that you can't watch TV, but you should, mul- you should definitely be watching more educational stuff as opposed to TV. You can do both, but definitely don't forget to watch at least a video a day on something you want to learn about. Uh, so YouTube is great. And then the other thing I would say is just freaking do it. Like, don't, don't, don't like things will work themselves out. Now maybe that's the jump out of a plane and build a parachute on the way down in me talking. But, uh, (laughs) I'll tell you, you'll make it a heck of a lot farther. If you jump out of a plane and figure out how to build your parachute on the way down than if you sit in the plane and try to figure out how a parachute works.
0: Like mm-hmm.
1: you're never going to accomplish anything if you don't just take action sooner or later, you will have to go for it in, a, in order to achieve any modicum of success. So you should probably just go for it now and start learning things through experience as opposed to, you know, talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and everyone I think likes the idea of, you know, owning their own business and having residual income and an extra stream of income. Everybody likes the idea of that, but like you said, if you just sit around and think about it and all the things that you could do, but the drawbacks, of course, you do need to list out the pros and cons and figure out what you want to do. But the longer you sit on it, it's just the less time you have to actually make things happen.
1: Ooh, and one more point on that. My, my friend Jeff Rose talks about the BMW phase, he calls it. He's absolutely right. So here's your fair warning. BMW phase, below minimum wage. You – uh there's a really good chance you're not going to make it past that. And that's, what's going to separate you from someone who achieves success. So be aware that whenever you start a business, you're not going to make money right off the bat. You're going to work for below minimum wage for a decent amount of time. I mean, shoot, I put in 20, 40, 60 hours a week on all this for probably the first year before I started turning money. Then um, granted, I could have monetized a lot sooner, but just know that you're going to put a lot of work into anything you try to build. And it's not going to necessarily be, income generating machine right off the bat. If you're not okay with that, you're not willing to work for little to nothing on your own thing, then, you know, I don't know, I guess be an employee. I, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's going to happen. It's not going to be quick. It's going to be long. It's going to be slow. You're going to get demoralized, but uh, that below minimum wage phase knocks a lot of people out of the runnings. And I think the only real difference between me and some other people that have tried to start a community is that I'm still out here doing my thing, even if I'm not getting paid for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, to that point, from a financial standpoint, would you then recommend somebody like, for instance, if someone's transitioning out of the military and they say, well, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. What would your advice be to them if they are then, you know, not going to accept a full-time position, you know, for like, um, for your example, you are in the military, so you've got a Mm -hmm. job. And so you have a study job and you're doing this. um, And I assume, you know, you're either making more money or, you know, you're making money on this venture. So would you quit? Would you transition out of the military, retire, separate, whatever? Um, Or for people who are already getting out of the military and they say, well, I'm not going to accept a civilian position because I'm going to pursue my dream. Obviously, they're going to have to have money in the bank or, you know, figure out some way to become financially stable because to your point, they're not going to be making a lot of money. So I don't know. How, what would your advice be for somebody that says, well, if I if I accept a position, I'm not going to have the time to dedicate to my my dream and my side hustle. So what would you say
1: to that? Marry rich. <laughs> no, I, uh, well, I would say first off that you'll always have the time if you make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've I've found a way for time, which I don't have a lot of, but I think my first advice would probably be try to house hack. So try to use your VA loan to buy a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, and then live in one unit, rent out all the other units so that you're not paying money on a mortgage, right? So there's a big expense out the way because the other tenants will pay most of, if not all of your mortgage. If you're single, even rent out rooms in the duplex so that you're renting out room to a roommate and now you're saving even more money. Um, Because if you can cut your living expense to almost nothing, and you can live frugal, then it doesn't necessarily matter. You could work a part-time job 20 hours a week and may, or maybe or maybe even just use your GI Bill and use the BAH from your GI Bill and you save that because you're not spending money on housing and live as frugally as you can and just hustle. I mean, there's if you were to get out, and let's say even without disability, which a lot of people get disability pay, but even without disability, if you were able to live in your house for free, not even make money on it, which is doable, but if you just lived in your house for free, and then you went to school and you got your housing allowance from school. That would be, depending on your market, anywhere from 1000 to $4,000 a month. And you could use that for food. You could use that for gas or you could buy a bicycle and not pay to get for gas. You could, you could live frugal for a little while. And then if you even if you go to school full time, you would still have time to work on your business between classes or you schedule your classes on Tuesday, Thursday, and you do all your business stuff Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's what I would do. I would and I say this as someone who's planning to go reserves next year and take my business full time. And I haven't well, I'm pretty close actually. I wasn't sure that I was gonna replace my income by the time that I made the transition. Uh so I started planning all this out, but I think I might actually be all right by now. So mm-hmm. I, I say that just to say my plan was okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to use my BAH for my GI bill. I'm going to schedule my classes on Tuesday, Thursday, so that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm full-time on the business. And by the time I'm done with that BAH, I will, by then I will have achieved enough success that I can go completely full-time on my own.
0: Well, that's really cool because I, when I said that earlier about you making potentially more money, I guess I didn't want to make any assumptions about <laughs> how much money you're making on the side with this. But I mean, that that's great, and I was actually even going to ask you what's next for you. So you mentioned that you're going to be going to the reserves. Um, what about from military to millionaire? Are you thinking about offering any type of, you know, new services, or are there any upcoming podcast guests or anything new that you're looking forward to as you expand your business?
1: Yeah, you know, I was I was really nervous about the idea of going to reserves for a while, but uh, over the last month and a half, two months, it's become very evident that I'll be okay um which is great like it's super cool but um mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy how things go like the first year I don't think I made any money in fact I think I spent money on building the platform
0: the mm-hmm. second
1: year I might have broken even and then now I'm uh, I like I said I don't know that I would say I've completely replaced my income but I, it's doing well enough that I I know I can exit the military which is which is really cool so yeah uh and I'm pretty sure by the time I exit it will have replaced but anyway not not to, nothing to brag it's just cool to see how things have gone but let's see what's next um i'm going to start a really local podcast when i get back to missouri so that's going to be a separate thing but i'm going to do another another show that's like super hyper local where i interview local businesses and then i'm going to stop talking about it there though because i don't want anyone to steal my idea so (laughs) but uh no um i just realized i haven't told anyone that publicly so um, i'm not going to do anything like that don't don't go to my town and steal my idea um (laughs) So anyway, I, I've got some other little ideas, little projects that I'm going to do. But the, as far as the community itself, there's a couple big podcast guy, guests that I want to get on the show that I've been reaching out to. So hopefully we get some of them on. But I've got a book at the editor right now. I'm looking to do a multifamily real estate course. So on the bigger apartment deals with some friends, and then that will also be just about free because um, I don't think there's any reason to charge exorbitant amounts of money for stuff you can learn. By just hanging out with other investors. And then, uh, you know, I don't know. I want to do a lot more speaking. Um, So I'm building out my speaker page and I want to do some more events. And really, I just want to be able to spend time with other investors. And, you know, maybe that means I just travel with a friend or two and talk real estate. I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, I I feel like we've really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like we've really just kind of, you know, touched the tip of the iceberg with you here. Cause like I said, you have so many resources available on your website. So we'll, of course, include the link to that um, when we post this podcast. But is there anything else, like in terms of, you know, anything else that you would want people to know about you or to get started with you um, before we end this podcast?
1: No, I think we covered a pretty broad stroke of everything. Um, I have a mustache for those of you, you can't, you can't see the video. So that's, I'm very well known for the mustache. So there, that you should probably know that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I actually have your website pulled up on my other screen, so I'm looking at your mustache right now.
1: <laughs> yep. That that became a, a recognizable trait. So I stuck with it.
0: Hey, it's part of your brand. That's it. Well, very good. David, thank you so much for joining. And like I said, I will include all of the links of places people can find you online. And I encourage everyone to do that because I really cannot say enough how impressed I am by everything you have going on over there. And so um, I would encourage everyone to go check you out.
1: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I was going to make some crude joke about check you out, but then I realized (laughs) probably wouldn't be received well. You know, out, I don't guys. know. If you,
0: I don't know what the rating is on your podcast, but maybe if people are interested in, um in oh, that type of I humor, absolutely
1: no filter. I tell all my guests before we record. I'm like, look, just make sure it's productive to the conversation, but say whatever's on your mind.
0: <laughs> Very good. So that's even more. Maybe that's more incentive for people to go check out your podcast too.
1: Oh man.
0: All right. Well, sounds good. David, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.